Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by BlackRifleCoffee.com. Put down the water and grab a fucking drink. Drink, 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 drink. Welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. We got a bonus episode this week on the week of Thanksgiving for your drive. We got one of our beef fries, one of our best friends of all time. Eli Cuevas is in the house tonight, live in San Antoine, to talk about his new show that's airing on the History Channel tomorrow night at 10 p.m. It's called Brothers in Arms, and it stars our former co-host, Rocco. Yeah, yeah, Rocco and Eli are doing a show together. That's right, kids. Rocco has two television shows on, on the tube now. What the fuck? Um, this will help explain a lot of things, I think, because when Rocco left as, as the co-host of Drinking Bros, you knew he had one show. You knew about the Mayans, but you didn't know about this other one, which we all did. And he was filming two TV shows at the exact same time, and he literally had no time on this earth to do a podcast you know, two or three times a week. So we said, hey, man, go with God on this one, and, and we love you. But now that it's out and uh, the show is airing tomorrow night, we, we can tell you, look, both TV shows got picked up for full seasons. Rocco has literally been filming nonstop for two years. However, it takes a long time for this stuff to come out. Um, with that being said, Eli is here to, uh, to tell us about the show, get you amped on it, and uh, finally... Finally, they're uh, making a show about guns on TV. I can't imagine how hard that was to push through the network. Um, But here we are, and it is airing on History Channel tomorrow night at 10 p.m. EST, Brothers in Arms. First, we got some sponsors to pay for this whole shit wagon to be on the air. First and foremost, talking about BlackRifleCoffee.com. A little BRCC for the holidays. We got a new promo code, finally. Drinking Bros 20 will get you 20% off. I would highly recommend using that on the Coffee Club of the Month. That is a subscription-based service. They bag it up, ship it, shove it down, oh no, and ship it out right to you. Comes to your doorstep, same date of every single month. These guys never fucking miss. They got K-Cups, they got bags, and they got some of the finest apparel on the planet. This is uh, where to go to get all your Christmas needs now that we're getting around the holiday season. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com. Use the promo code Bros 20 for a one-time use of 20% off. Next up, we got StrikeForceEnergy.com. The premier energy drink in the business is also one of the premier stocking stuffers in the business. Look, they get uh, boxes of 10. Fits right in your stocking. Let's say you haven't been listening to the show for the last three years, and you're like, what the fuck is Strike Force? Just order a 10-pack. Shit's like 99 cents a pack. I think a, ten, a box of 10 is like $9.99. Plus, with the, the promo code Drinking Bros, you get 20% off, and that's a nice thing. That's a real nice thing. Uh, they got four amazing flavors, lemon, orange, original, and make America grape again. Again, they got that 10-pack. That's, uh, they got that 750-milliliter bottle, um, and that, I think they also got a 40-pack as well. Um, but look, the holidays are here. You're using up both fridges. Your wife doesn't want monsters and Red Bulls taking up all the fucking space. Just buy this uh, for, for everybody who's drinking for the holidays. You can put, pop it in any liquid available. Go to StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use the promo code Drinking Bros for 20% off. Next up, we got GhostBed.com. 
forward slash drinking bros. That's right. It's no longer ghostbed.com. It's ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Why? That's the landing page for all of the best deals that you could possibly get. And right now they're running a monster, monster Black Friday special and it's up. It's available online right now. Uh, I think you get a two for, for like seven ninety nine, but their bundle packages are going for like, man, like five to $700 off. So you get sheets and pillows and all that shit. I can promise you the pillows are, are just as great as, as the mattress. And those sheets are fucking bomb, dude. Uh, also, they got a pay-as-you-go plan with no APR for 36 months, no interest. That is interest-free for 36 months on a ghost bed. It's one of those purchases, man, where, you know, if you're tight on cash and you and your lady want a new mattress for Christmas, like, and you go in on a, on a joint gift, it's great, man. They're hooking you up. And again, no interest for 36 months. Uh, that way you can pay as you go. And uh, it, seriously, we we all have these goddamn beds and we love them more than life itself. So go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. This is the week you're going to get your best deals there. And uh, I, th- I think total, it's like, fuck, like a mattress is like two or $300 off, uh, $500 off if you get like sheets. Like it's, it's a crazy bundle package and it's exclusive to Drinking Bros listeners. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash Drinking Bros and get on it. Uh, next up, we got a little uh, grillyourassoff.com. Grillyourassoff.com's making some seasonings. Yeah. Look, you're cooking anyways for the holidays. You're going to buy seasonings somewhere. You might as well buy them from a veteran. Because, I mean, what the fuck? You got, what, Montreal steak seasoning? Um, Lowry's, I guess. I, I mean, I guess that's the other types of seasonings. Other than that, it's just generic shit you're going to buy in the store. You might as well buy it from, from a 100% veteran-owned company. Not only that, but if you listen to the Veterans Day special episode with Crispy Avia, which we're getting tons of messages about, um, Crispy. Uh, he's got his own spice there. He's got his own seasoning. The spicy habanero for crispy. So they're doing great things over there, man. We love them. We love their beef jerky. They got a four-pack. It's 100% USA beef uh, right here in America. It's not like you're getting Mexico roided up, you know, fucking mules that they're chopping up into jerky. Jerky's fresh. Four-pack is 25 bucks. That saves you uh, about $7, man, if you get the four-pack. And the promo code is Drinking Bros for 15% off at grillyourassoff.com. Uh, next up, we got grenadesoap.com. Incoming! Smell like a man. Smell like a man who knows what the fuck he wants in this life. Uh, they got gunpowder in their fucking soap, so you know it's real. It almost acts like a, like an exfoliate. You know, really takes some shit off your, your, your dung. So let's, let's say you were banging some whore the night before and you're like, man, that was a little too much. Probably need to scrub my ding dong a little extra harder this week. Congratulations. Go to grenadesoap.com. They also got a taint scrubber there because it is ass eating season and you need to stay fresh for the ladies in case you get the flip over service where you're like, oh, I was, I was unaware we were going to the back door today. Um, they got a bunch of awesome bathing products for dudes. That way you smell like a dude. I love it. Keep the shit in the house all the time. There's like fucking 90 boxes underneath my shit. Uh, go to grenadesoap.com. Use the promo code Drinking Bros for 20% off. Last but not least, freakerusa.com. That's F R E A K E R U S A.com. They are selling Drinking Bros podcast socks with all our faces on them. You can get the whole crew on a sock. Which is fucking awesome, dude. Um, and they also got the bottle covers for for the bottle covers for beer, wine, 
fucking 40s you name it's liquor all of it uh it's got all of our faces it's got bitch i operate it's got van and ham instructor earl jared uh and drinking bros podcast go to freakerusa.com use the promo code drinking bros for 20 percent off these things are fucking awesome man stoked that these guys are on for all of december now let's hop into the show with mr eli cuevas and please watch brothers with arms on history channel Welcome, Eli Cuevas. How are you? Hi. Hi, Ross. Hi, Mr. Beautiful. How you doing? Man, I'm right as rain today. I feel, I feel really good. Um, good I, I feel even better after seeing the trailer for your show. Oh, thank you, good sir. Thank you. What the fuck, dude? This has been, what, 18 years in the making? Yeah, I think I just joined the military when we started filming. Rocco just had his first kid. He's on, what, number seven now. So yeah, it's been a long time coming. A long time coming. Easily, easily. <laughs> Rocco's on seven, maybe eight kids. <laughs> every, He's Mexican. Every day he posts on, on his Instagram, it's another child having another birthday, and they're turning like 19, 20 years old. I'm like, motherfucker, how old are you? He's, he's like wee willy winky running through the town. <laughs> He just has kids. Their kids have kids. Yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ. How many kids are out there in these streets? He's like a fucking Hallmark Christmas Bro, special waiting to happen. How do you have a vehicle big enough to house that many children to get around to school? I, I just I can't do it. I don't think you do. I think you tote something behind the car. I think at that point, <laughs> you just you duct tape a little red wagon behind your truck and you're like, hey. Look, some kids are going to get exhaust in this life, and that's what it is. Um, the wildfires in California are happening. Their air conditions aren't the greatest, you know? <laughs> so fuck it. Um, no, you were, you were starring on the show Brothers in Arms. Yes, sir. Look at that. Look at that. It, bro, it, it, is, it is weird, because you knew about this for a while. It is just... We've known about this for a long time. How much are you allowed to divulge as far as what you guys went through, you and Rocco, to get this show together? We, I, I don't know, so we'll err on the side of caution sure. and just say it was, it, there's been some, uh, there, we had to redo some stuff. Uh, there were some scary times. It's, you know, it's starting a business where you restore stuff and things can go wrong and, uh, Things went wrong and they went right again. So now, as you said, you've known for God knows how long and you've been about two years. Yeah, about about two years at this point. And look, I I know the TV world well enough to know that that's 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 the typical time frame for a pilot from start to finish to to when it would actually air if it gets picked up. However, you guys are are doing guns and that's a huge no, no in Hollywood these days. Oh, oh, a big no, no. And that's what makes it. uh that's what that's that scary part where you're like, ah, do they do we do this? Do we not do this? And then they were like, no, we're doing this. Uh, you guys are veterans. You're military. We're gonna make it work. Uh, we'll just we'll we'll just we'll, we'll change a little a few things and then we'll continue it. But first off, Ross, I just want to say thank you for prepping me for yeah. uh, giving giving me some <laughs> some tips back in the day. It's like Eli Sage advice show launches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Always like, oh. take what well, my first my first tip to you was this: always take the makeup if they offer it, because you look like shit underneath those lights, no matter what. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, I, like there, there's no way around how shitty you look underneath those lights, especially in raw cameras. And they don't give a fuck. They're like, and oh, 4K. Great. Yeah, oh, dude, dude. <laughs> it's the worst. If you had, if you had one drink the night before, congratulations. You're puffy. You're red. Always take the fucking makeup. Um, no matter how much of a man you are, because this is what I told you. I sat you down and I said, look, no matter how fucking manly you consider yourself, I promise you. The vanity will kick in, and you're going to want makeup when you watch it on TV with all your friends and family. Was that not true? Mm-hmm. You are 100% correct on that. <laughs> and, what, and what did you do? Did you not take the makeup and learn, or did you take it, my advice from the beginning? I did. I, I, it was a mixture because I did when I needed it. If I had a drink before, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm looking like ass today. I know I'm looking like ass. I also had a... Was those little cool uh, compress so it would take down swelling. Yep. Like, <laughs> I yep. prep myself every day. I was like, this is so stupid. I'd use my moisturizers on my face for like anti-age wrinkling just to tighten the skin. You have to. It did, and it all sounds so fucking lame, but literally that's what's selling the show. Um, cause let's face it, it's, it's not Rocco's beauty. It's your beauty on this side. You know, we got a little beauty in the beast type sitch. <laughs> And we love Rocco, but but oh, the God. ladies are going to come after Eli, and that's what the executives look at. Um, you know, speaking of which, let's unpack this of how you even got to this point, because this is on History Channel. This is airing what tomorrow night, right? Tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern, so nine uh, nine p.m. Central. Yes, uh, brothers in arms. It's you and Rocco, and you guys are restoring old guns and tanks and all kinds of shit. Yeah, like all military restorations, guns, tanks, uh, you, you name it, we restore it or come up with these uh, crazy builds and then make them happen. Make these dreams become a reality. Right. And it's in Salt Lake City. Are you guys are a little bit near Salt Lake City, Utah? Yeah. So uh, we actually film in Ogden. And the reason we chose that place is that it is a home of John, John Browning. Uh, godfather of almost all firearms that dude created i mean you name it he patented it it's crazy the weapon systems he came up with and how fast he made them so how did you go about pitching this to history channel do they come after you guys and say hey man we like your personality they uh, so rocco i know rocco and them uh it was like a team pitch for them they were like hey let's do this thing let's make it and then rocco brought me aboard with it he's like hey we want to do this uh they want to film a sizzle reel uh ross if you want to explain what a sizzle reel is yeah a sizzle reel is 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 a nice clean tight teaser somewhere between four to five minutes you kind of follow you around for a couple days you shoot, you edit really fast edits, fast music, hard pace, quick music video cuts. And then they take it into the network and they say, this can be your show. It's going to get a thousand eyeballs in front of your fucking, you know, like the whole song and dance for that. So I remember when you guys shot the sizzle and I, man, I want to say that was close to two years ago. Yeah, that was, I, yeah, I think two, two years on, on the mark almost that's fucking crazy it's great it's crazy right it's absolutely crazy yeah and Rocco hit me up and was just like hey man what do you think of this sizzle reel and I said hey I think this is going to be a hit show and this is rad and this is right around the time for Rocco and this is you know for the OG drinking bros where he was on the show and I believe this history channel show and uh the Mayans MC spinoff hit right around the same time yeah and the audience didn't understand and they were like I don't understand why Rocco's leaving and I was like Man, Rocco got not one but two TV shows at the <laughs> Bro, same fucking time. 
Which, the fucking chances of that. Oh, I, in a million years. You're, look, you're lucky to get one to go. Just one fucking TV show to go. I've Look, I've sold five pilots um, that I've you know written and sold and went through the whole two-year song and dance. They didn't go. Not only did Rocco's go, but they went in the same fucking year. So he had no time for anything, uh, drinking bros-wise. And we said, look, we love you. God bless. Like, you were living the dream. And I can promise you... In two years, this is going to be amazing. But he was in it at that point, and he was just like, "Man, this fucking sucks! Like, I can't do drinking bros. I can't because he loves public speaking as well." Um, oh yeah. And he was like, "Dude, I can't do any of these fucking public speaking things." And I was like, "Hey, man, I promise you, it will all be worth it once all of this shit comes out. Now, now it finally is." And uh, I, I wonder how much it's changed from the sizzle reel that I saw to this current version. It's uh, it. It is a lot like it. Like everything, they they kept a lot of that core sizzle reel, where it's like, hey, these are these are who these people are, and uh, this is what they do. And the sizzle reels, uh, what did we do on that? It was like we strapped, uh, I think, a tank on. We shot a minigun, a flamethrower, and uh, I forgot what we put on a tank. And then that was the sizzle reel. It was, as you said, it was like four to five minutes. Yeah, it was our characters, me being more 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 boisterous or however you say that because you know me ross i'm usually i'm a quiet reserved guy most of the time most like, of I'm the time the camera. but i told you a long time ago if we were having drinks at somebody's house and i was like man you're going to be great on camera um and i man i and i'm glad you're on the show today because I, I just had this conversation at a dinner the other night with my buddy where my buddy is super successful now and somebody was asking him at the dinner. They were like, well, how did you be able to come to do X, X and X? Cause he's a guy who does a lot of shit too. Like you do. Um, he's always out filming something, shooting something. You always see him on social media doing something and you're like, how did you do it? And he goes, you just have to be there over and over and over again. Just be there. And for you personally, like I remember you picked up from LA and moved to Salt Lake city. Cause all those guys were going and, and it was just like, man, I just got to be there and be around it. Um, how much do you think that played in part to what what all happened to you, bro? That's what I I will always say. The only reason I am where I am is because I always take risks. Because I'm a dropout. I dropped out of high school. I have a GED. I'm not the most educated man. Uh, and then it was always like self self teaching. Every every time I was like, man, I want to do videos. I want to do commercials. I want to do this. So YouTube was my uh my way in, and I started just watching YouTube videos on how to do all this stuff, learning it, absorbing it. And then from there, it was like, I took a risk going, what was it? It was going to PAX. It was a video game expo by myself. I was like, well, I'll just go by myself. I'll, fuck it. I'll have a good time. I can make this the best of it. I didn't have anyone to go with. That's when I met Freddie Wong and all them. And, and one day I, uh, we ran into each other four or five times and we we exchanged contact information. I was like, oh, fuck. I look up to this guy, and now I have his number. And then that next year, uh, I went back, and he invited me. He's like, hey, we're going. We want you to come hang out with us. And then after that, they were like, hey, you want to move to L.A.? I was like, fuck it, YOLO. Went to L.A. Uh, and then I built up from there. That's when I met you guys. I remember yeah. <laughs> back in the day. God, that was years ago. It was, a, it was a long time ago. I remember going to your house. We had an emergency on range 15. Um, oh, yes. We changed some shots. There was some like last-second editing, and we needed an effects guy. And uh, ours, ours had moved on to another job at that point. Um, and you know, it was like a two-day gig, and they were like, man, you, you got to call Eli. You, you got to call my buddy Eli. He'll fucking do it. He works for Freddie Wong. And I was like, all right, shit. We were already fans of Freddie anyways. 
and I, I went over to your house and we ended up chopping up shit in your living room. Do you remember yep. that? Yes, I do now. <laughs> you're and like, you had this, like this? 19 family members there. And I was just like, yo, you're just going to edit this in the living room. And it was like a one bedroom um, in Burbank, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yes, sir. And I was like, yo, we're just going to edit this right here. And you were like, yo, fuck it. That's what we do. And I was like, all right, cool. And so like, you know, I knew then that you were always down because people were playing video games and shit. It was the middle of the afternoon and, and you were just working in the corner. Headphones on, head down, <laughs> crushing effects. And I was like, dude, this guy could be something. And I remember going back and telling Jared, I was like, yo, man, your, your buddy's really fucking talented. And I was like, he should come with you when you guys go to Salt Lake City and all that other shit. Is that when you left was when those guys went to Black Rifle Coffee in Salt Lake City? Yeah, we all moved. So what had happened, I did those uh, for you guys. I did the uh, effects, yep. the muzzle flashes, among other things. And then um, you did a lot, it, right after, you did a lot of last second shit on range 15 that really fucking helped, man. Oh, well, I appreciate it. I, anything for my homies. I, I remember you driving back the next day and you were like, is it good? I was like, here's the hard drive. You're fucking taking care of, man. Yeah. You slid me some money. We exchanged <laughs> a handshake and then it was gone. <laughs> I think it was cash too, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was just straight under the table. It's I always pay taxes cash. on that though. It's always wrote, straight uh, cash. Wrote those <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, fucking. And then I did uh, drunken debrief. And then from there, that's when they were like, yo, we need, uh, let's pull Eli aboard. He's, he knows the military community. He, he, he gets us. Yeah. Uh, and then I went and did that. I was like, they were like, you want to move to Utah? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and my friends were like, wait, you're going from LA to Utah. That sounds counterintuitive. I was like, these guys make content and I can make, and me and Matt, uh, once we wrote our first skit together, we were like, oh fuck, we have a really good like synergy. So then we just kept at it. And I was like, okay, this is fucking perfect. And then from there, that was another risk. It was like, do you want to make this big move? I was like, yeah, let's do a drop of a dime, move there. And then from there, it like it every step I take opens up a new avenue, it seems. Yeah. So it was like from YouTube. Oh, now I'm YouTube doing videos, movies. And then it's like, oh, meet these guys, you, uh, all these just talented talented bros that uh, exceed what they do and then i'm like oh cool like w- watching you work and direct on range 15 fucking phenomenal i was like this is, this is what i live for yeah which is surprising because i'm such a d- dick on set no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> like who the fuck are you i'm eli i don't care no just say no it's not, okay. it's not that uh, there's there was so much pressure on that goddamn movie where it was just like holy shit um bro uh, you that documentary <laughs> re- really sums it up where you're just like jesus christ Trying to cram all that into, you know, 15 days or whatever it was, was, was complete chaos. Um, it was a blast and it was fun. Um, you are talented when it comes to that. That's what I fucking respect about you. It's, it's the level of you have, it's like, I have 15 days. I'm going to knock all of this out and I'm going to make it happen professionally. It's like, God, that's just... Just a slow clap for Ross. Yeah, you end up in a, you. I think you end up in a hospital after that. But it, look, you know that production world now, where it's it's a up until the last second type of of deal. Like I'm sure on this show, you guys are probably doing ADR and reshoots for you know God knows how many days or time, and you know, and, and do they have all of them edited already? They have it all edited. So that's it. They have everything edited. They're finalizing a couple more. And then we still have like, hey, we need to redo this because the audio got stepped on. We need to redo this because uh, the verbiage, it just needs to be more clear right? and concise. So you're like, okay, let's do this thing. But I mean, our director on how to capture the show 
for a reality show. He did a fantastic job. Instead of your typical dude, reality shows, if you go back and watch them, you will see it's all talking heads. Every time something happens, yeah. whether it's Pawn Stars or whatever, it's like, here's this gun I bought. Well, he bought a gun, and this is from the 1900s. It's from the 1900s. I want to see what you can do about it. Well, when you, and it cuts back to a talking head where it's like an interview style. It's like, well, this is, this is dangerous because of XYZ, or this gun's worth XYZ. And you see that the entire time during reality shows explaining what's going on in the scene. Yeah. Our director was like, we don't want that. We want everything explained in scene. So from episode, I want to say three on, there is zero talking heads. Really? Yeah. That's super surprising because even like the Kardashians and all that shit, again, that's your go-to is that talking head. Um, Not a lot of movement. And it's simply because a lot of times they just keep shooting. They have a million miles of footage. And then they're like, all right, let's go back and try to make these episodes. So we'll connect them with interviews. Talking heads. Yeah. Exactly. So you, you, you don't have a lot of that after, after episode three, huh? Mm-mm. It, there's none after episode three. That's what's crazy. Our director had his vision. He's like, hey, we're going to do this show. Like, We're capturing your moment. We're capturing your, your work, but we want to do it in this style. So this is how we're going to do it. And it, it took a little more work up front, but the, finish, the final product feels way more organic than always cutting away every like three minutes. Yeah, I look. I'm I'm really curious to see that now. Shit, because I, again, every reality show in the history of man is that it's talking head, a little bit of footage, talking head, a little bit of footage. Um, especially Pawn Stars, Jesus Christ, <laughs> you know. Exactly. Now I don't know how much a fucking World War II, you know, Nazi memorabilia is worth, but I got a guy, and you're like, okay, all right, bring yeah, in your fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then it goes back to them talking to each other. They yeah. cutting back to the inner, and you're like, oh my god, okay. And it's jarring. Once it's pointed out, you'll look for it, and then it's even worse. You're like, oh my god, this is all this is. This is all reality. We've TV. ruined reality television for every single listener out there right now. They're dumbing it down. They're dumbing it down as much as possible. It's just atrocious. God damn it. So who would have thought LA to Utah would have been your avenue to make all of this shit happen? <laughs> right? Amazing. Amazing. How, uh, tell everybody about your military career. Oh, man. I, I joined in, what, 2005, and I got out in the tail end of 2008. I, I was a grunt. I was infantry, so I joined. Surprisingly, me and Matt and Rocco were all in the same duty station. We were in Fort Lewis at really? the same time. We went to the same bars. We probably ran into each other. Multiple. One of Matt's friends uh, was actually a, a friend of mine <laughs> in the military. No shit. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. So, and how long were you in for? I was in for almost four years. So I got I signed the three. I did the bare minimum. I was like, let's just go uh, three years. Yep. Let's do the three-year contract. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> and then, then deployed to Iraq for 16 months. I was like, fuck. They're like, you're extended. I was like, of, of course I am. Uh, we'll just, yeah, this is my life now. No shit. And then, yeah, infantry. So I was just a, just a gun, just a grunt. Uh, I was the SDM, so I did the, the squad marksman because I can shoot decently enough. So while you were over there, were you like Matt? Were you thinking about another career and another life as far as like YouTube and, and all that other stuff? No, I surprisingly not at all. I remember I did films when I was super young. I did little stop animation with uh, action figures and stuff. And, and then I do drawing animations. Joined the military. Did not think of anything like that. I was like, I want to be... 
uh, I just wanted to be in the military. And then, then it was just, I want to get the fuck out of the military. Holy shit. I do not like this. And then, uh, during personal training, um, I got out of the military, did the personal training thing. And then that's when I was like, I really want to do video again. And then that's what actually kicked it off in the military. It was my last, I played video games and, uh, but it was my last thought process was actually doing anything with camera or directing or movies. Man, that's, uh, it's crazy because you're so talented at it. I would have figured that would have been like, oh, life. hey, yeah, this was, this was my whole life's work. And now it's not. And you're like, yeah. nah, just kind of picked it up. Just bored that day. They were out of Wonder Bread at the store. Thought I'd grab a camera. Um, that's, that's my life for us. Every time I want to do something, it changes like drastically where i'm like i want to do this now video is the first thing i like stuck with for an extended period of time i was like i actually like to do this yeah the military no 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 yeah you were like no i hated that i was out of there uh because look doing effects and shit like again how we met effects is really fucking hard and it's really really time consuming oh yeah I mean, you, you basically have to sit there for, you know, f- 15 hours a day in a chair and stare at the same shot over and over and over again, frame by frame and, and figure it the fuck out. Yeah. And that's like learning, like, because I know 3D animation, 2D animation, compositing, rendering, like I, I studied the whole thing. But every time you're learning something new, you're watching videos on how to do each and every one of those things. You're like, I have how do I make this muzzle flash something easy where it's like, okay, now when you go back and look at like you starting to do a, let's say something small as a muzzle flash, you just like drop a, a single frame of a muzzle flash and you're like, it's good enough. It's fine. And then you go back and look at your old work and you're like, God, I really sucked at that. Cause now it's like, I mean, you know, when you like editing or sound design or anything, it's layering that makes it uh complete. It makes it more organic. So it actually looks like, Let's say a muzzle flash, like lighting, composition, how the muzzle flash looks, the blur, the the little round kicking out to the side. It's all those little things that make it look realistic. Yeah, and it's look- it, man, it's a real bitch. Um, it's tough. L- look, acting is much easier. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, <laughs> the change in that lifestyle. <laughs> Being talented, I was like, man, I should have did this a long time ago. <laughs> I look back because, like, I made a conscious decision um, right around 2007, eight somewhere in there. Uh, after it was after the movie Accepted, where I was just like, "Man, I, I got to get out of this. I want to open up my own production company, just make my own shit." I wasn't really stoked on what I was doing. Plus, you know, playing a fucking teenager at age 30 was a lot. Where you're just like, "All right, I got to." <laughs> I, I haven't heard that story. I can't keep what? doing this. I know because um, <laughs> I, I looked young. But um, I remember when I switched out of just acting into producing and then editing and the rest of that shit. And I was like, oh, no, this is a colossal mistake. <laughs> acting was so easy. <laughs> no, one, no one's giving me coffee right now. What no. is <laughs> like, Sir, here's your coffee. Do you need uh, milk? And it's like, no, you're, you're getting everything now. Oh, like, fuck. I didn't have one stressful day just acting. Like, I, and again, Accepted was the last one. And they that movie was like thirty five million dollar budget, right? And it was you know it was a big budget. And they it was uh, Tom Shadiak who did he produced it. He did all of those uh, Jim Carrey movies, 
like literally all of them, Ace Ventura, all of that shit, right? And yeah. every day, you know, they would have like a different truck for you there. Where it was just like, oh, you having a down day? Here's a pick me up truck. So it would be like Coffee Bean. Where, like, let's face it, Coffee Bean's not cheap. And it, there was a truck there no. all day where you could just get endless things, the crew, the cast, everything. The next day it was like, oh, fucking Baja Fresh is here all day long. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is amazing. I'm going to live forever. And I was like, man, it's going to be like that on my movies too. And then you do your own movies with your own money and, and you know, independent shit. You have none of that. No one cares about you. The crew hates you. <laughs> You're trying to save every last dollar you can. And I was like, fuck, man, I wish I was just acting. With this, you're just acting. You, they, they have to treat you like fucking gold on that goddamn thing, right? It, it, bro, it, it is nice. <laughs> it is, as you said, because I did the reverse where I was like post-production, pre-production, mm. on set doing that. I remember like my first LA gig or my second LA gig. I was... I was like, I was sick. I was like 102 degree temperature and I was trying to like, uh, I was supposed to hand out firearms and then like the producer was like, he's like, you need to move faster. I was like, bro, I'm sick. I'm, I'm moving at the speed I want to. Uh, I apologize, but I'm fucking sick. So you're just going to have to deal with it. Don't talk to me that way. Whatever. And I was, but now it's the exact opposite. Like, I don't feel good. Oh, do you need to take a nap, Eli? Let's, let's lay you down. We can shoot your scenes later. Uh, can I get you a coffee? <laughs> what, what do you need? Do you need, do you need to go home? You, we can work around your schedule. You just let us know. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Like, it is such a, it was, uh, when I walked out of a Connex, I think I was, it was, it was chilly out. And then someone tried to put my coat on. That's when I was like, no, the, like someone's trying to put the coat on. Oh, for you. like a little like, lady, like a dainty little Royal family <laughs> <yeah>. member. <laughs> Yes. And you're like, I'm an, a grown adult male. I can put on my own coat. I can walk upstairs and get my own coffee because they'll walk up and they'll be like, you want us to bring down wardrobe for you? It's like, I can walk up and change. It's, it's okay. Yeah. You don't have to do that. They're treating you like a Meghan Markle where they're just like, oh, let's, let's put a little velvet coat on her. She's going to get cold. She's, she might get wet. <laughs> she might get I'm- wet. I mean, how was it for you? Like, it, were you used to, how was it getting like, cause it, like d- during uh, your movies, any of them coming in or them treating you differently because they suck up to you. Yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. face it. Well, they do. I, I started doing um, like I, one of my first gigs was like, uh, so I was st- I started doing extra work because I was trying to get a SAG card, right? But they ended yeah. up giving me lines in my first movie. It was called this this movie called uh, Miracle in Lane Two, and it was it was a Disney family movie with with uh, God. This is gonna sound terrible, but it's totally true. <laughs> You remember Frankie Munez from uh, Mal- oh, yeah. Malcolm in the Middle? Yes, Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> he played this kid in a wheelchair. <laughs> oh, go, go on. In a, <laughs> in, a, in a Disney family movie. And like he would have these like dreams in his mind about like hitting the game winning home run and shit. And um, oh my God. So then they had to act out his dreams in this, this movie. Well, in my scene, like I was on the baseball team with him and he hits this game winning home run and then I've got to carry him around the bases in a wheelchair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. The the wheelchair was heavy as fuck. And Frankie was just like, at this point, he's already Malcolm in the middle and he's like just over life and acting and all that shit, you know? And not only that, but he's like a grown ass man where he's just like smoking in the corner where you're just like, Jesus Christ. I have to carry that little fucker above my head in a we- in a wheelchair for like 
three or four hours and I'm exhausted oh. and I had lines, right? So they were like, look, uh, some people didn't come today. You're going to have these lines or whatever. And I was like, awesome. And you know, you'll get your SAG card or whatever. And I was like, grab even better. <laughs> yeah. So I carried him around. It. <laughs> yeah. 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 And this was like, like the Disney channels, like big Christmas movie that year. So I go home from LA. I'm back in Georgia with my family and I sit him down and I'm like, guys, I've made it. I'm in my first movie. It's awesome. I'm with Frankie Munoz. Malcolm in the middle. Everybody loves Malcolm in the middle. They cut my lines and all you can see is my arms and it's just me carrying him in this wheelchair and like <laughs> not even my face. Just <laughs> cut you out of the film. Cut me out of the film. show your family. Yep. Uh, nothing. So I'm just like, oh, there's my arms. And like no one believed me. And that was that was my first welcome to Hollywood moment where I was like, oh, fuck, oh, this sucks. Um the other one after that, which was really, really fucking hilarious, was uh, they needed um, surfers. They were doing a Beach Boys movie, uh, like a special on like uh, ABC or, or CBS or whatever. You know, one of those two-night miniseries specials on the Beach Boys. Yeah. And so they needed like uh, surfers from the 1960s, and all you had to do was get up on a longboard. And my buddies who had surfed were like, dude. This is super easy, man. Like getting on a longboard is like a fucking joke. Oh. So I had lied and said I could surf, right? And and I could specifically <laughs> surf longboard. So I get there and it's the look, the LA water is freezing. Um so not oh, only am I in freezing cold water, I can't get up on this goddamn surfboard. Like I, I just can't. And the director at this point is just fucking livid. He's just like, Hey man, can you surf or what? Like what the fuck's the story? And I was just like <laughs> Uh, I don't think I can. Uh, I usually have my own board. Um, I'm not used to these <laughs> boards from the 1960s or whatever. And they were like, it's made out of the same material, you know? And I'm screaming at him back from the water. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah. And I was like, oh, I, don't, I don't think it is. This feels a lot different from my board at home. And, and, and the one guy, like the first AD was like, really? Because it looks like you can't surf at all. And I was like... <laughs> Guys, I don't like all this criticism. I'm pretty cold. I'm just going to pack it up and go home. So I packed up my shit and uh, I just left and I never got to be in the Beach Boys movie. Uh. These are are super choppy waves. Well, everyone else can ride them. Uh, And the waves weren't choppy at all. It was like one of the most calm days at sea of all time. And I was just like, yep. Uh, and then after that, I, I booked uh, the lead and the new guy, and then like life changed after that. But I'm oh, I'm yeah. assuming it's going to be the same for you, where it's like, man, after two years of all this fuckery and all of this hell that they've put you through for this show, uh, what I what I've heard insider wise and Hollywood wise is they already want to buy this show for more episodes. Can you confirm or deny that? I can I can confirm that I think unless I can't and then I did not. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Because it looks great. There's a bunch of people that are going to watch the show, and I think your life is going to change. Uh, do you remember Will Wills? Oh yeah, Will Willis. Uh, he was look. He was on the show. He was also in Range Fifteen. Um, yes, but, he was. but he's got a show on. It's either History Channel or Discovery Channel. Uh, fuck, man, about f- fire. Forged. Yeah, forging. Forged in fire. Forging fire, yeah. That, dude, that motherfucker's on, like, what, episode 200 of that goddamn thing? Bro, they, and that's the thing. They, like, buy one of the, 
what was it? Ice Road Truckers, I think. Yeah. So I I, th- I want to say it was Ice Road Truckers when that one, uh, my buddy, RDP, uh, director of photography, he worked on that. And he said once they filmed the first season and it aired, they bought, I, I want to say they immediately bought 100. 100, episodes. yeah. I think it was 100. And um, it's ridiculous. That could happen to you because like with Will, and we love Will, by the way. He's fucking awesome. Um, But that, you know, I asked him, I finally sat him down. Uh, on one of these shows a long time ago and i was just like man how many days are you shooting out of the year and i think he said like close to 300 and i was like oh (gasps) eli you better buckle up because i I think like you know they picked up like 41 year and i believe 45 the next year are you prepared for that to happen to you god no (laughs) now you you brought me down i'm like oh my god (laughs) look once a hit is a hit they want more i mean shit look at rick and morty um, that's a cartoon oh. show, dude. They they just picked up a hundred, man. So yeah, which is phenomenal. And watching those guys grow is is fantastic. I love Rick and Morty, and then same. seeing it bought out for a hundred more episodes, you're like, holy shit, that is insane. Imagine, especially with that. Thinking about oh. that though, like, dude, that's a hundred episodes that those guys have to make as genius as all the other ones. Um, if that happens to you, are you down for that? I do, I'm down for I'm I'm down for it. it'll just be a because I just got my place in it, it's that weird like where do I spend most of my time because I love working with you guys I love working with Matt writing but then when I'm doing filming it you your creativity is drained Gone. because you're dumping it into something else yep. you're like oh, I, I cannot think of anything I have to act all day yeah uh, but look I, if that happens to you and you're just acting in it, man, do it until the fucking wheels fall off that goddamn thing. Oh, I'm going to. It'll For real. Like, I will be 60. Rocco's children will have... I mean... If we can have this for 30 seasons, I'd be down for that. <laughs> <laughs> the only downside is living in, in, in Utah. Man, that was, big, that, was, oh. that was hard, man. Because I, I you know, would go out and visit those guys all the time. And every time I was just like, oh, I'm in Utah. I am definitely in Utah. Do you yeah, like it? Like, j- no, man. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> it's like I'll, I'll just can I get a can I get a like a vodka tonic double vodka? No, nope, can't. What? Why? Why? Because that's against the law. It's like wh- what? Yeah, they measure out the drinks. You don't get stiff pours. You have what they serve you, and then that is it. And you can only one beer at a time. It is. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I sound like an alcoholic. It's crazy. No, we, look, we all are <laughs> at, at a certain point. Um, and every time you go to Utah, it's just like, hey, are you done with that drink? And, and they have to physically remove it in front of you before they can put another yeah. like, glass of alcohol down where you're just like, hey, man, Jesus Christ, let's, let's lay off of that. And they're like, oh, don't use his name in vain because it's super Mormon as well. Um, oh, yes. And I didn't, I didn't know any of that going in. And I was just like, oh, cool. Why is like zero girls looking at us everywhere we go? And they just had no interest. They knew we weren't Mormon and that was it. And we were just the like, tattoos right. gave it away. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, no one cares here. Tattoos, he's definitely not Mormon. So I'm not going to show any interest to him. I want to settle down at the age of 18 and have five kids. You're like, eh, I don't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Look, Rocco fits right in. I mean, he's got six and he's good to go. And it's just like, all right, cool. He's basically Mormon at this point. So he's fine with it. Um, how are they going to be like kindness wise to Rocco's schedule on the Mayans? That's what we're trying to figure out now, because uh, as you said, that is the hardest part yeah. of this endeavor now is, oh, you have two hit. Like if this show hits and then mine's is already hit. Oh, now you have to film two hit shows. Yep. 
and and to try to make way for both, especially because look, Mayans when you're doing a uh, like a basic cable series like that, they usually go twelve, um, but they take their time. So they don't yeah. rush through anything on that. They just want it to be as great as possible. And it's Kurt Sutter. And it's just like, all right, cool. They, they might, like on 12 episodes, they might spend four to five months on that. Um, for what you guys are doing, you know, it's a, it's a churn and burn operation. Um, they want as many episodes as they can possibly get. And uh, yeah, it, that, that will be the one interesting part. But look, if it hits a hit, they'll make it work. Oh, yeah. Rocco won't have and- a second to himself. But. No, and he's finding that out. He's like, bro, bro. It's like, man, you. I did not expect both of them. He didn't expect it because it's two shows at once, and it's a hard, it's a hard choice. It's like you can be, you can have Kurt Stutter, you can be in a Kurt Stutter show, which is a fucking awesome experience, or you can have your own TV show, which is also an awesome experience. So how do you choose? Look, you can't, man. You got to do both, I say. And, you know, again, and just keep riding it out. It, it's, uh, it's an amazing problem to have because it's, look, it's, it's so rare that one TV show gets picked up. I mean, this is your first, right? Yeah. Cool. I've sold like five of these goddamn things and never, never even got it past the pilot. It's so hard to get a TV show on the air. And like, this is probably the question that we get the most into the inbox is like, Hey man, I want to do what you guys are doing with acting and all this other shit. And it's just like that. And it's, and it's great if you can do it. Um, because it like we were joking about earlier, like, dude, you're treated like a King. It's kind of a joke, you know? And it's, it's a great gig. If you can get it, the problem is getting it. You would have a better shot at winning the lottery. I think you, you really do. It is so di- people they'll ask. It's like, well, what'd you do? It's like, I, man, there is a million steps I took to get where I am. And just chance a, a pilot gets, but as you said, getting a pilot or a sizzle reel picked, you're competing against 500 different oh, e- reels easily, easily any and, given time. And there's so many producers coming in consistently pitching the networks every single day for shows. Like, God knows how many pitches they hear throughout the year, let alone even get to a sizzle reel. So um, it's, it's amazing. What do, you, what do you hope happens after this, dream-wise? Like, would you like to star in movies someday, or would you like to do a Mayan show like Rocco? I think, dude, uh, man, Ross, you're asking these deep questions. Oh, I try, man, look, uh, I, try to, I try to get underneath. <laughs> I try to get underneath you. you. You're peeling away the layers. Yeah. I love it. I'm like, you're a Vidalia onion to me, and I'm just a poor farmer. God, peeling the way to layers because <laughs> man i love directing and then i love acting so it is a hard hard choice well, because having an unlimited budget where you're like you can make a movie of your dreams or you can act in a movie of your dreams that's a fucking like what would you rather do uh knowing what i know now act yes <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Because, like, look, I, and I've, I've, said, I've said this story to, to a million people. Like, I try to scream it until I'm blue in the face at them. Like, direct, the only reason I got into directing and producing was to have control of the edit and cre- creatively what, what, what control that I, I wanted the project to be. I was tired of doing things that turned out or, you know, different takes that uh, they didn't use. Things, you know, projects turning out not the way that I wanted them to. Um, but, but here's the, the downside of, I would say directing and writing as a whole, nobody really gives a shit who directed a movie or wrote the movie. So nope. when you're sitting through, you know, whatever your favorite movie is, I look, look, arguably, I think the greatest movie of all time is probably Shawshank Redemption. 
um, in my my humble opinion oh. on this. Oh yeah, I I don't know who wrote that movie. Do you? I have no idea. Nope. <laughs> don't even know. Do you know who directed it? <laughs> no. No. Me neither. I don't. I don't either. That is the greatest God, film is, ever made, and oh I don't know. God. I think I think it might have been Tim Robbins. Dave, can you pull it up? Who directed Shawshank Redemption? It might have been Tim Robbins. I don't. I don't know. Like I'm. I'm purely speculating at this point. Holy shit! You're right. Like my. It was. I, I love, was it? Was it Tim Robbins that directed it? Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm is D- is Dave there? Dave is here. D- tell. Did you just d- Google fucking Shawshank Redemption, Dave. 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 Dave looks at the internet. Um, <laughs> this this show is called Dave looks at the internet. Um, let's see here. Shank Redemption. Frank Darabont. That's who directed it. How did I find that faster than you? Uh, Frank Darabont directed it. I didn't know that. I didn't I, know I that. No idea. I knew any movies. He, uh, I, I what knew else this, he directed yeah, exactly, and he's one of the probably one of the greatest of all time. I get you. I I, I guarantee he's won like a gajillion Oscars. Ah, uh, he he only created The Walking Dead. No big deal. That guy's yeah. I just shit. read that. <laughs> He, like, he wrote the course. Green Mile. No big deal. Go fuck yourself. Like, I didn't... I, look, love the Green Mile. Didn't know he wrote that. Um, <laughs> God. That's, you, that's, but that is exactly my point. So, looking back at all of this shit, and, and, you know, you're trying to place all your self-importance on everything, like, there's a handful of directors that you go to the movie theater for. And I would say Tarantino, for me, is probably number one. Whatever oh, yeah. he puts out, I know he writes and directs his own shit. I am there for it on the, on opening night. I, I do not miss a Tarantino movie. Uh, no. Spielberg is one of those guys. Um, you know, Scorsese. But there's, you know, maybe five to ten directors that you know. That you know. That you know. And then the rest, you just kind of show up and you're like, all right. Well, this was fucking dope. Who, who? This has Tom Cruise in it. Exactly. Oh, I know. I can't fucking wait. Couldn't tell you That's who directed. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't tell you who directed the last Mission Impossible. It made a billion dollars in the box office. I don't know who directed that. I don't know who no. produced it. Um, and that's the. That's why I, I I say this answer is at the end of the day of like directing and writing and producing all this shit. No one really cares, and uh, <laughs> as long as it's good, or they God, laugh or. Are- um, but as an actor, man, they fucking care. They really, really fucking care. And we have, uh, we had one of my beef fries is Clayne Crawford from uh, Lethal Weapon. Yeah. That motherfucker did like 40 movies uh, in, in TV shows and all this shit before that until he was Riggs in Lethal Weapon on Fox. Like we were, you know, we were at a, like a, a Waffle House in, I think, Trustville, Alabama, which is a tiny, tiny town. <laughs> Six people throughout the course of our hungover breakfast at Waffle House came up, shook his hand and said, man, what you're doing on TV is fucking amazing. And it was just like, he's been doing that on TV for 20 years at this point, but he's Riggs now and you think everything's fucking rad. So um, that small shift, thank you for your service. Exactly. Exactly. And that, I think that's what's going to happen with this is like when this show blows up and I, and I think it will. And again, I love the sizzle reel, the, the, the teasers and the trailers that have been running on the history channel and they've been running this shit nonstop, by the way. I don't know if you've I've noticed. Heard. Holy fuck. I have. Every time I'm at the gym, it's on like 90 networks, and I'm like, God damn, awesome, man, uh, which means they really believe in it because they don't run promos. If they, if they don't believe in a show, they just kind of toss it out there, and they don't run promos. Yeah. So I think it's going to blow up, and then people are going to come up to you and be like, ah, Eli, you really changed my life. And I was like, did I? 
Yeah, because I was an actor in this TV show. <laughs> <laughs> like, really? That was okay. Oh, that would change your life. Got it. I was in Iraq for 16 months, motherfucker. <laughs> that should have changed your life. Not me starring in a TV show where it's just like you redefined me. <laughs> So yeah, uh, I'm going to give you the long answer on that, Eli. It would, it would easily be acting. <laughs> it's 100% acting. Yeah. Now, yeah. Hey, aren't you well, that now- motherfucker from The New Guy? Awesome. Would you like to meet Paris Hilton? You bet. Uh, never got that directing <laughs> one fucking movie. Like, oh, hey. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll do the acting then. Yeah, definitely the acting. De- definitely shit. the acting. No, I mean, look, y- look. You see Rocco on. Uh, I think they shut down. What was it? Hollywood Boulevard, and they did the yeah. whole premiere at like Man's Grauman's, You know, Chinese or how many times that's been renamed? Uh, I don't know what the, the, the fifth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The fiftieth name is on it now. Um, but like, you see that, and you see the footage of, of Rocco doing that shit. And you're like, oh man, I miss doing that. Where you could just, you know. Started your day with a nice workout. You picked out a nice suit. You took your lady out on the town. You went to a premiere and then you went home. You don't have to worry about it afterwards. Um, now, when we do premieres like Range 15, like, ah, oh, fuck. Cool. Got to make sure the press is there. Got to make sure everybody's there for the pre-party. Got to make sure everybody's paid. Oh. I remember paying the owner like of the theater in cash like midway through the screening. <laughs> I was like, hey, man, you got the, that money? And I was like, yep, just making sure this movie works. Here you go. Um <laughs> Couldn't even enjoy like the the premiere where it's just like oh, awesome. Everybody's laughing, having a great time, and I'm like, all right, awesome. This guy's paid. This guy's paid. Somebody got their fucking car towed. Somebody left weed inside of a you know uh, <laughs> a visor, and the you know they're yelling at the valet took it or whatever. And I'm like, oh my god, if I was just an actor, none of these problems, none of these problems. Yeah, you don't have to worry about a thing. It's, it's no, a worry about it later on in life is my my answer to you, Eli. Enjoy all of this shit now. Go direct when you're like 55 or 60 where it's just like, all right, cool. Nobody wants to fuck you on screen anymore. Like that, Then really do it. You know what I'm saying? Then have at it. That's, that, that's what I'm going to do from now on. Oh, or what, look, my, my other biggest recommendation is uh, on set, since they're going to shoot a gajillion of these things, I know they don't give reality shows director credits, but there is a director on these, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Start shadowing him. Unsuccessful ones. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but start shadowing them and really learning because I, I will say this. I hired a reality TV director for uh, 50K and a Call Girl, a love story because I, I needed it to, to feel as real as possible. The hours that those guys log is so many more than anybody on a, on a set's. So if you were doing, you know, I, I don't know, let's say f- uh, fucking Mission Impossible, whatever it was, um, you're, yeah. you're going to log more hours physically actually directing rather than, you know, waiting for somebody to set up for lighting and all that other shit. Those reality guys really know the tricks of the trade inside and out directing wise. They do. Because they've spent so much time doing it. Because they're doing it every step of the way. They're doing... uh I mean, it's rewriting if something happens, like organic happens. Oh, how do we incorporate this in the story? Okay, how do we tell this better? How do we... Like, and they then they have to write that down. Okay, what day would this fall in? Okay, now we have to do this. So you're seeing that process of like, they're writing from... They're writing and then directing from the morning till the evening, trying to figure out stuff. And everything's changing on the fly too. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. So look, my best tip, and this is for fucking anybody that's coming up. Like, dude, if you even get a a PA gig on a reality show, you will learn the ins and outs. And 
I mean, how many times have those, those guys had to grease people off and all that shit just to get the shot and, and everything else, right? Yep, exactly. It's it's like I tip my Mike is our director and he's fantastic. He worked on like Viva La Bam. He has like an actual big. He helped with the Jackass series. Like he's done a lot of stuff. Oh, what's his last name? And, uh, Mike uh, Cologne. Oh, that's dope. Michael Cologne. Good. Get, let's give Michael Cologne his fucking proper due. That's a pimp ass last name too. You know that guy fucks. Oh yeah. <laughs> when your last name's Cologne, you don't have a choice but to go reverse cowgirl. Like to start, that's your first position to start in. He's from Jersey. He's like Eli. Uh, yeah, you're doing really good things. Uh, maybe we could do it a little different though. Let's uh, let's try this way. <laughs> Okay, Rocco. Good, good stuff, Rocco. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, perfect take. Perfect take. Could we do it one more time? You like? You just said it was perfect. <laughs> I can't do it more. If you just said it was perfect, whatever. We'll we'll do it again for you. You want another take, Mike? Yeah. If you can. <laughs> Got it. The thing is, though, you guys probably live with those guys, and you spent how many fucking hours with Mike Cologne? Oh, fucking, I mean, as you said, we live with him. Pretty so much, right? Like yeah. Every day you're just hanging out with each other, figuring stuff out. It's like, okay, let's do it. One thing I will say, uh, with reality shows, since, I mean, working with you guys, uh, being around all of you and then absorbing your personalities, when and Rocco's already used to it. I was never used to being in front of the camera. When I got... Uh, that's the one thing the director and all the, the cast that have worked on or the yeah, the cast that have worked on um previous reality shows, they're like, Man, you you guys are really they're used to when it's like, Okay, go, people have never done reality shows or they've never been in front of a camera and it's like we're documenting if it's like Pawn Stars or if it's uh, Diesel Brothers. Everyone's really awkward the first couple of seasons because they don't know how to act or what to do in front of a camera where yeah. us it was like and go, boom straight into the character good to go and they're like wow this is season one doesn't look weird it looks like you guys this is normal for you it's like whoa we've i mean i've watched everyone be in front of camera rocco's used to being in front of camera i just just did the exact same thing so it was supernatural for that i i was truly happy about that so was the director well let me he thought it was going to be wretched let me ask you this growing up in that youtube generation because you were i mean you were smack in the middle of it if memory serves me correct youtube started getting big around like 2006 being smack in the middle of that like You've seen, and you work with Freddie Wong and those guys, and and a lot of it is talking into camera, which, look, acting-wise, they do not teach you that whatsoever. Um, You were not allowed to look into camera (laughs) at all one single time. But with the YouTube generation, the more gregarious you are into camera, talking into camera, looking into camera, talking about your situations and what's going around you, that style really, really fits in perfectly for the reality world, doesn't it? It does because it is you're addressing the audience and they you want to pull in the audience. Whereas a movie, it's you're addressing the characters, you're in the scene, you're living the scene. Where now and you you don't want to break that fourth wall. Where YouTube, you're talking to your fans, you're you're breaking that fourth wall. So in this is the exact same thing. It's a mixture of being in the scene and then talking to the audience. So it was super as you said, it's just natural. You're just like, Hey, what's up? Oh, well, Rocco, we need to do this. <laughs> we actually did. And then you turn the camera. Yeah. Like, eh. It's not that important, but whatever. Let's let's do it anyways. Yeah, and, and I think that's rad. And like, look, you've been doing it for a while because you and your girlfriend are you still dating Zedra? I am. Okay. Um, your your smoke show of a girlfriend. You really really I, outkicked your coverage on that one. Everyone says that. I know. 
<laughs> I know. You and really was, did. At Eli. first, at first, I didn't know what that meant. I was like, "What does that mean?" I googled. I was like, "Well, that's kind of offensive." Whatever. <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> no, it's, it's truth. great. It's great. <laughs> um, but you, you guys play Twitch. You play a lot of video games together, and you, you guys are on camera a lot, and you've got to be talking. Oh, yeah throughout like hours worth of video games that's a long fucking time for that that had to have helped too right yes because that is a three imagine doing a podcast for three to four hours it well, it's nice because everyone's talking to you too you're just reading text and chat and so whatever's going on in the video game and then whatever's going on with people asking you questions or talking and you just have to continually chat the entire time so that does help a lot it is weird as fuck when you first get into it though if you look at like new twitchers You'll have like five minutes of talking and then three hours of silence. Them just like concentrating on the video game. And then afterwards, like, I just don't see why I don't, I'm not exploding right now. Like I'm not getting big on Twitch. It's like, cause you don't talk, man. It's like people are just literally watching you play a video game now. Yeah. It's strange, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Dude, Twitch is, it's a crazy world. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Uh, Have you seen those videos on Twitch of the, of the kids who leave, accidentally leave the camera on and they start jacking off to porn? I was literally just about that happened uh, last week to a really big Twitch person. <laughs> really? Yes. He didn't. He sat down. He he didn't realize he was about to go live. So he clicked it. And before going live, he wanted a quick, quick jack session. He's like, I'll just get a quick. And it is the full. You don't see anything. Just his upper body, his head tilting back <laughs> as he's getting ready to climax. Ugh. And then he climax. He's like, fuck. Oh. And he looks up, looks over at the ca- camera and he's like. Oh, hey. Oh, you've just watched me do that entire thing. Oh, hi. Okay. Uh, today we're playing Call of Duty. Shut <laughs> he plays it off the super fuck cool. Up. Yeah, he just, he's like, he just owns it. He's like, huh. Okay. Well, uh, I'm live. I didn't realize that. Let's play Call of Duty now. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that poor kid. Wow. Like, look, and this is like a 30 year old male with like a neck beard. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, this, yeah. <laughs> The last person you want to see jack off. That'd be like me watching Lena Dunham uh, <laughs> just vigorously jam herself and then be like, oh, hey, t- today we're going to get into Bond. Like, we're going to play old school Bond. <laughs> you're like, what? what? Goldeneye. We're going to play Goldeneye today. <laughs> no, we're not. I just watched you jam your pussy and I don't want to see you fucking fire a gun at somebody, Lena. You piece of shit. That's a, oh man, that's a crazy world. I bet you guys dominate in that, right? Cause she's super hot. You're a good looking dude. You, you have to stand out from everybody else. Cause it's a lot of neck beards and like bigger dudes, right? It is. You don't like, and that's the thing when we, we, we just got, we just went to TwitchCon uh, a couple weeks ago and you see it, it, the gamers that you're like, oh yeah, this is the community. Cause I mean, you've been to shot show. You you're, you've been to these different, uh, events. I mean, probably drinker bros too. It's like that military. So everyone's still decently in shape. Yeah. Decently, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Good looking guys. Whereas the mili- uh, the video game size is a different, completely, uh, beast. And it's people that aren't used to socially interacting, which I mean, they're fantastic people. They're great. It's just, they're not used to it because it is that, vi- it's an, that nerd culture. Yeah. So you have to, you're like, oh, you're trying to you push the conversation along for them so it's more comfortable for them. But, yeah, we, I mean, like, Alex crushes just because she's fucking fantastic at video games. And then she's the smoke show. So it, it does not hurt. No, de- not definitely hurt not at, at all. all. <laughs> definitely not at all. Any thoughts of maybe you two doing a show together in the future? That would be, that would be fantastic. I don't, we, man. What about, let, let me ask you this. Have the producers asked for you to bring her into the show? Because usually 
look, when you start going multiple seasons, they want to start spicing it up and adding like, you know, love interest and all that stuff. I know, I know from the previews, and again, I haven't seen the full pilot episode for tomorrow night's show, but from the previews, isn't Rocco and his family in like his entire family in the show? Yeah, his entire family's in the show. Like they bring in that. They want to bring in like uh they 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 know of Alex. They want to bring that in because it's like, oh, this is how did you guys meet? And they want to show that and capture that. So it shows like, oh, this is us meeting back in the day. This is uh this is when we met, blah blah blah. I'm sure they want to put a gun in her hands and watch her blow some shit up, right? Oh yeah, because I mean, she shoot she competes with weapons. So <laughs> it's like yeah. it's 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 like, a, hey, this girl's hot and she can. She's really good with a firearm. We should have her on the show. Yeah, she gets it up by a lot of different shows. Uh, like Naked and Afraid wanted her. She naturally turned that one down. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be too weird, man. I just it's the bug bites, like because it all like being the, the naked thing. I, like I get that that sells, but it's like, man, nobody wants to fuck out there when you're that dirty, running around barefoot no. for twenty miles or whatever it is. I have I have zero desire to do any shit like that to you zero and then the girl like you're not taking showers you are yeah like it is rough oh, Every, it is it's horrific do any of those people fuck on that show that I, they have like maybe day one yeah because but I, definitely not day 20 uh, yeah i was gonna say but, but one i only have one person in my life a, a, an old friend of mine was on survivor and uh he tried to bang this girl like day three and they fucking threw him out of the tribe. Like he was like the third. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. It was like the third voted out. Cause they were like, he got too close with so-and-so and we had to get rid of him. And it was like, man, I told him before he went on the show, I was like, you can't fuck on survivor, dude. You're going to get ousted. And uh, sure enough, that's what happened to him. It's like, bro, I'm not going to fucking just, 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 just. day three. Yeah. Well, I tried to fuck. Yeah. Him. Oh, man. Yeah. It was like, oh, it wasn't like that, man. And I was like, sure. It wasn't Mikey fucking dirtbag. Um, there was a lot of chemistry. <laughs> I swear. Yeah, it's chemistry. Yeah. yeah. People had it misconstrued. And it was like, no, you were hiding <laughs> in the fucking woods like on day one. And I was just like, man, you shouldn't have done it. I'm naked and afraid. It's a different story because don't you have to get somewhere? I've, I watched. You know, it, it's always on in the background of something at the gym. So, like, I see it here and there, and they blur out the parts, and uh, they, they have to get somewhere, right? Complete something? I think so. Did you talk to – man, all those shows, it's so weird. Like, the different – like, that one's directed, so they have, like, an idea of where they're going or the story. Did you ever talk to Josh from uh, – was it Ready Man? You know Josh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, His I- TV experience? No, was he was he oh on Naked? Because we have it. You know, you know, there was a female drinking bro that was on Naked and Afraid. No, I did not. Yeah, know yeah, that. yeah. And she got, I mean, just bug bites, like torn the fuck up on that show. God, see, that sounds wretched. Like Josh's wasn't on Naked and Afraid. He did the. Uh, it was the Ninja. Oh, the Ninja like, Warrior. Well, it was a. Di- it was. Kind of like it was ninja, like out survivor. So it was like naked and afraid, but with clothes. But they used the word ninja just to put it in. Right. So it was like you're out in the woods or the wilderness, and you have these different checkpoints that you have to survive for a day or two. And then that was it. I was like, oh, well, the director would tell you what to do. He's like, no, they didn't have one. I was like, what? And he's like, no. So it would be like they had to go on this cold mountain with just rocks. It was just rocks. And they dropped him off in a helicopter, and they had to check a scroll, and the scroll just said, uh, ninjas were good at waiting. And then they'd ask the cameraman, it's like, what's that that mean? What do we do? And the cameraman's like, turn back to the scroll. 
Or the director would just say that. They didn't have a director, but he would just say that. Well, just uh, go back to the scroll. Well, the scroll just says, ninjas are good at waiting. What do we do? And they just had to wait for a day out in the cold. The best one was, it was like ninjas would have to find resources like water. So they flew him. They took him to this island. He was like, okay, uh, I got, it says find water. Josh found and got water and steamed and made water in two hours of reading that scroll. And he was like, okay, we did it. What do we do next? He's like, well, turn back to the scroll. He's like, I did. I made water. What do you, What more do you want? I have fire and I have water. The scroll says, just create water. I've, I've done that. I've, I've purified water. Well, uh, tur- turn back to the scroll. He had to wait out there three days. And then they fly back, take Oof. him up. Yeah, and I was like, oh, my God. And they only paid these people, like, change <laughs> like for a month of shooting like that in those environments. Jesus Christ, man! I, zero desire to do any of that. I, my dad wanted to be on Survivor uh, originally, uh-huh. and I was just like, "Hey, man, it's it's so much worse than you hear." I remember going to one of the finales because I had to do press for a movie, and I get to meet some of those people. And what they don't realize is it's usually like you know four or five months later because they have to edit it and all that other shit, and so you get to yep. see them afterwards. I saw those people, and they still had scars on their arms and legs from like bug bites and shit, like. It really doesn't go away for a very long time. No. Yeah. And it is, oh, like those, those are the shows I would never, you couldn't pay me. It's like, that's just like going back to the military for me. They're like, Eli, we'll pay you $200,000 for a year of doing any of that. I'm like, nah, I'm good. Oh, nope. <laughs> I'm really good on any of that. I'm fine on all of that. I don't want to hear any part of your naked, afraid, scared, trapped, hungry, whatever the fuck you're going to throw in the title. <laughs> I'm all done with that. I'm all done with that. Uh, Well, look, you've been on the show enough to know this is the point in the show where we get to the drinking bro of the week. I'm going to give this to you, Eli, and let you you give it to somebody who inspired you or somebody helped you to get to where you are today to, uh, look, to a place where, frankly, not very many people get to go to, which is having your own TV show. Who who do you think was the, the most instrumental figure in helping you get to this point? To this point. Ross, you put me on the spot. I like it, man. I will. I I don't know. This has probably been done before, and it sounds cheeseball. But like all of you, from JT to Matt to Rocco to you, of getting me motivated, of seeing your characters because it helped me create who I am on the television, like on my series. Whereas I'm not the quiet guy. I'm more like outgoing, more boisterous, and uh, I just. I drink to all of you guys because you've got me where I am. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have a TV show if it wasn't for each step of the way and uh, you guys helping me along that path. Oh man, I really appreciate that. Cheers, cheers. I'll cheers, uh, I'll buddy. definitely cheers. drink to that. I look. I told you back in the day. I was like, you're super fucking talented, dude. And you had said, hey, I, I would like to get out in front of the camera more. And I was like, man, I think it's gonna happen. Um, sure enough, it did. I know this has probably been a brutal process for you, but um, enjoy every single second tomorrow night. Are you watching it someplace special? I am finding a place <laughs> to watch it. I was like, "Fuck, I don't have cable. Uh, let's uh, let's find something." Uh, you so have your I'm own on show on cable, and you don't have cable. I know. Uh, this I'm is so bad. this. That is such a millennial answer, right there. <laughs> That's like, 2018, oh, right there. Yeah. <laughs> Watch my cable show, but I don't have cable. What? Uh, 
<laughs> you're looking for a place to stream in San Antonio? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> yeah, are you going to pirate? Exactly. Are you going to pirate your own show tomorrow night? <laughs> no, I, I got to get that one view on. It. Yeah, they have to log it. <laughs> yeah, they've got to log it for the Nielsen ratings, my man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so terrible. <laughs> you should throw. Look, is, is Matt and them in town? They are. Okay, cool. Man, go to Matt's. Have you been over to Matt's house yet? It's sick. Dude, Matt's house is beautiful. I know. I'm just wondering if he has cable. No, so. you know, I don't think he does, actually. <laughs> Bro, see? I was just like, there a couple weeks ago. Ross, do you have cable? Of course I do. Come on. Oh, okay. I, I'm in it. Like, I, yeah, I, I do all this shit, and like, I try to keep up with it and watch all of it. I, again, that's how I know they've been running 9 million promos for it, because I, I, I see it on TV all the time. Um, so I'm look, I'm stoked about it. I'll be, I'll be watching it tomorrow night again. Tell everybody, remind the audience, uh, what time East coast time it starts and what channel, uh, that is on the history channel Tuesday at 10 PM Eastern. So yes. And the show is called brothers in arms. It stars, uh, Eli and Rocco man on fire, dude. I appreciate you being on the show today. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to air this tonight, my man. We're just going to drop it tonight. Yeah. So that way everybody can enjoy this. And then hopefully after listening, they will tune in and watch brothers in arms on history channel tomorrow night. Uh, it's pretty cool to see veterans uh, in TV shows. And I hope there's a lot more of them. Uh, Eli, I appreciate appreciate your time today, buddy. No, I appreciate your time, brother. Always good talking to you, man. All right, man. I love you. For Eli Cuevas, I am Ross Patterson. Good night, everyone. Good night.